Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returning from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. Discovering our sexuality is a deeply confusing process. As a teenager, I definitely believed that any thoughts, interests or questions I had surrounding sex were totally taboo. And this is a weird reference, but in Roald Dahl's The Twits, which I used to listen to on tape, he says that Mrs. Twit became mean and ugly because she had bad thoughts. This is problematic and strange in a lot of ways, but to be discussed at another time. But I thought that this was the case when it came to thinking about sex. The masturbation was like shaking hands with the devil. <laughs> this is not wholly what my guest and I are discussing today, but it does relate. Comedian Sarah Keyworth felt very alone in the discovery of their sexuality. Feeling alone, birth secrets, shame, and pain. And today we are discussing what life was like for a teenager discovering their sexuality in Nottingham in the noughties. Ultimately, it was pretty fucking tough. <laughs> okay, so the year is 2007. I remember 2007 because it was maybe my GCSEs. Potentially, I remember listening to a lot of Justin Timberlake and being very, very confused about my identity. But in 2007, we are in Nottingham. And I believe that this is taking place over a series of months or a series of weeks, but it, it's a little bit of a journey. But in this moment, Sarah, why do you think you've got no friends? Um, oh, right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in Nottingham 2007. Oh, okay. I was like, well, I was hoping you'd tell me about what, what the mistakes <laughs> I'm making today. Um, uh, I think the, I mean, I think the reason I had, um, uh, this, the, the, the no friends in 2007, uh, was because, um, I was, um, a closeted homosexual. Right. Um, sorry to bring it up. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, um, I, when I was in school, I had a relationship with, um, a, a girl who's a friend of mine, but we didn't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we kind of like, I think, I, I don't, we don't think we were drunk. Cause I don't even know if we were old enough to be drunk, but we like, like kissed one night and then we like dated, but we dated in secret and we were like, mm. we can't tell anyone and don't, you, don't, like, don't mention it to anybody ever. We're just best friends. And like mates that I've spoken to now in hindsight, we're like, yeah, we all knew. We just kind of like indulged you in the, in this big secret, but, mm. um, but we, it was incredibly obvious and you weren't subtle at all. Um, but it felt very like intense 
intense and very serious and also like you know this like big jeopardy thing of like we will be rejected by everybody if we if they find out that we're a couple of gays um so um and i she was the first ever like other queer person I'd ever met in my life. Right. And my teenage brain was like, and she probably will only ever be the only one that you Yeah, meet. she's she's the only one in, in Nottingham in 2007. Like, where else is anyone going to be? Where am I going to meet any other gays? <laughs> like, how would I possibly do it? So I was like, this is your one prospect of, of love and affection. And Sorry, it's not funny. I'm laughing, Liz, but it's not funny. No. And if this goes wrong, your life is over. <laughs> and I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but it did not go well. You're not still together? <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah, we're married. And uh, that's why I have no friends. Um, no, so... Um, because uh, I mean, we are um, actually still in touch now. Um uh, but because um, she too was a teenager, um, she wasn't uh, ready to commit um, to my intense ideas of us being the two solitary gay people in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, also she was she had the the fortune of being bisexual. So I don't think had these same existential panics as I did. Like she yeah. she was very much like there are opportunities for love around every corner um sorry to be stereotypical about bisexuals but in this case this was um this was exactly what was going on um and uh so she would uh so she i can't remember the first time that she broke up with me but we went out like multiple times and yeah, I was, was going to say the first time she broke up with yeah, you. Yeah, it's a horrible right. sentence, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes. I can't remember uh phase 1 of our breakup um but we um we would we would date and then she'd break up with me and I'd sort of just sort of sit and wait it out um miserably hoping she'd change her mind and then she would because I was there and then mm-hmm. we'd date again and then uh and then uh, uh she'd do the same thing and then but she'd always like go out with a like a guy mm. in the in the interim whilst whilst we were broken up wow and because nobody knew I just kind of had to like continue socializing with my group of friends whilst my ex-girlfriend was just like there with her new boyfriend now to be like yes I'm just I'm just so happy for them are they the cutest couple I love this is so this is so great and the only reason I'm crying is because the Smyrna Feist has gone straight to my head (laughs) (laughs) this WKD is just like it's really getting to my system it's just hit me wrong you know (laughs) I mean and I remember like the first time that she broke up with me like I think the first like like heartbreak like I'm doing little inverted commery things with my fingers because I don't actually know if this was real love or real heartbreak. Mm. But the first experience with anything that's like teenage rejection, breakups, heartbreak is always so like unbelievably intense. And I just, I think I absolutely disgraced myself. <laughs> like, because you do when you're a teenager, you're like, I got, I gotta do, I gotta do some kind of grand gesture. There's gotta be some kind. There, there is a sequence of things I can say or do, yeah, that will stop this from happening. Yeah, and uh, you learn in adult life that sometimes that is not the case. But um, at sort of the age of sixteen, oh, <laughs> yeah, it does take you well. As a teenager, do things. I was like, yeah. Twenty nine, <laughs> yeah. But even even like now, yeah, the age of twenty nine, thirty, <laughs> like experiencing things you're like like that. You do have these wild moments of going, "Nah, we can, I can fucking figure this. Out. I could, yeah. I could change your mind." Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna work. This, this cannot fail. If I just keep ringing, <laughs> we can't break <laughs> up. If I keep calling you, you got You can't get rid of me. You can't call the police. I can just get. I can get a new phone. <laughs> exactly. There's so many ways to contact people these days. I mean, the level of sort of stuff to unpack in all of that is is kind of incredible. I mean, 
Had you, um, and this personal question, you don't obviously don't have to answer. Had you come out to your parents at that point? No, no. Right. So my mom, like, my mom, like, found me, like, crying in my room at one point, And she was like, you need to tell me what's going on. Because I was, like, inconsolable. And I was like, I can't tell you. Yeah. And she was like, just tell me. And I was like, there's a boy. <laughs> there's a boy. And I like him. And he doesn't like me back. And she was like, she was like what is his name? And I was like... Adam. <laughs> it's Adam. His name's Adam. And she, she was she was like, well, well, you know, like have you told him that you like him? And I was like, Yes, just complete fiction. Because like, I was so scared of telling my mum that I was gay. So like this every so often I just have a breakup, like a break a full breakdown about a mysterious boy that's then like like a few months later she would just never hear his name spoken ever again. Yeah, I would just love if it was continuously Adam. She was like, Who the fuck is that? Adam's fucking with my child. Yeah. I need to call his mother. Like, yeah, or if she got like a man. full school photo at one point, she finds the one kid called Adam who's <laughs> innocently done nothing at all. <laughs> just in the you wrong place at the wrong time. Son. Yeah, I mean, he needs to learn to respect people. <laughs> just play in his PlayStation. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I cannot like begin to fathom how lonely that must have been. Oh, Not being able to unload any of that like emotional torment, pain, confusion, and this, and on top of it, the secret like that exists just between you and this other person yeah and the only other person that i could talk to about it was her yeah and obviously we were really like breaking up like the healthy thing that i now know was would be like leave that person alone give them space yeah but i was like you're the only person i can be honest with and then a little bit later on like we did tell like some friends and stuff some school friends Mm, mm. And that's why I had no friends because I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't stop crying about it. I would like come into school in the morning to be crying and everyone would be like, why is Sarah crying again? Like <laughs> nobody has any context for these tears. And I'd just be there, like, I'm fine, everybody. Like I was so like not in control of my emotions at all. Yeah. Um, because turns out talking does help guys. Yeah, it's this um, crazy, crazy thing that mm. when you actually find someone that you can offload your feelings to and they can give you coping mechanisms, it is kind of healthy. Super healthy, just to have a little bit of perspective. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, and as well, I'm just trying to think 2000, 2007, because, and it's sort of strange to think about where we're at now, but definitely during that time and growing up in the 90s, growing up in the noughties and those kind of informative years there was no one really about the like that i can think of who was representing you at all no well this is the thing like i i say it as like a joke but like i genuinely had such a limited understanding Mm. of like how many queer people there were in the world that like i honestly thought that like I would I would meet this girl at school mm. and I that was just a streak of luck. And like there yeah. wouldn't be somebody else for like fucking miles around. Yeah. And also anything I'd ever heard about lesbians or anything like that was so negative. Like they were portrayed so negatively in the noughties that I was like, well, you know, that's not what I want to be and that's not who I want to date. And I like had found this person who was just wasn't fitting any of those stereotypes because those stereotypes are bullshit. And I was like, um, this is, this is amazing. This is a person who's incredible. I can't, I can't believe I've found her, mm. which is such a, like, it's so unhealthy for a teenager to be like looking at one other teenager yeah. going, you're supposed to be my bride. Like, it's fucking <laughs> psychotic. Um, yeah, I meant to spend my whole life with you. Uh, like, it's, it's, um, I mean, as teenagers, we are want, to focus all our attention on someone and go like boy crazy and Mm. be obsessive and sort of a little bit wild and channeling that into and at least for you know straights as women it's um there's a plethora of people around and it was like acceptable and exciting and it was like oh my god you never believe you gave freddie not no last name (laughs) (laughs) 
a blowjob on the beach in Cornwall. <laughs> and it was like fucking awesome. But like, yeah. um, and but not having that, that thing of like channeling it all in one person and not being able to believe the stroke of luck of someone appearing and you having this conversation, discovering this thing together and being like, fuck, this will mm. never happen again. And so going like bang on that road and going, this is it. This is everything. And then when it falters and is fickle and you start not to trust it, then you're like anxiety and everything must have just ramped up so much of going, how the fuck am I going to create a future without this person? Yeah. And I think... I mean, it was so, it was so intense and I was so intense about her, Yeah, but, but it was like, because up until the point where like, I, I mean, we were at the same school for years, but we didn't really socialize, but up until the point that I like befriended her and then found out that she was bisexual, mm. like, and then, and then found out that she was attracted to me. I had spent the like formative school years like going starting puberty starting to think about sex and relationships and um, fancying people Mm. like pretty confident that I was not going to have that like I was not going to find anybody I I didn't feel like attracted I didn't feel like anybody would fancy me like I just there was just no prospect of that and then suddenly this person just appeared yeah and I was like oh I'm, I'm not alone anymore. Like mm. she, she was so unfair on her. <laughs> I mean, she was like, I'm just trying to have a nice time. <laughs> I mean, but hindsight is a powerful, I, like I'd say this every episode, like hindsight is a powerful mm. shamer. You can yeah. look back and be like, Oh my fucking God, Ooh, that was so stupid. Shroud myself in glory. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and also be able to see other people operating from their own places of like places of pain and confusion. Mm. and knowing like respecting boundaries and respecting other people's you know journey etc etc but like it's fucking difficult when you're in it yeah (laughs) you can't see it you're so irrational and like my my life is ending yeah 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 absolutely but like you you did this as a teenager i did this like last year (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm not saying that this is my most recent breakdown (laughs) This is a, this is just an intense time. And I was just to think, think of like a of a very intense moment in my life. Oh, I've, I've disgraced myself many a times in the in the years since. Um, um, when so before before this, you know, you were saying that you kind of been like you would never you would never have this thing. You didn't find yourself attractive. Like was was that something that weighed on you, or were you just like I'm okay with being alone? Or was it something that you that you wanted maybe without knowing it? I think I've always been. Uh, a bit of a hopeless romantic like <laughs> I th- and it's awful and it's so unfortunate but like I was fixated on like I, I realized this quite recently that like I'm so compelled by like like romance storylines mm-hmm. I love cheesy rom-coms I like I'll, I'll get invested in something the moment I'm like oh they're gonna hook up or like this is <laughs> like I love it and I th- I was so fixated on it as a teenager so like I really I'm so jealous of those people that you see who are just like so chill being single like mm-hmm. all throughout school they're not even thinking about it they're just having a great time I was not that person at all. I was just so, um, like, yeah, just like, like hopelessly, desperately hoping that somebody would like fall in love with me. Yeah. Um, so it really was like something I was like waiting on, like, like, like wishing on. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, didn't, didn't actually, um, strangely enough, <laughs> didn't, um, make me handle it well when I then had it and then lost it pretty swiftly <laughs> yeah lost it pretty swiftly and also in those situations and i'm an absolute like hopeless romantic as well mm. like like always have been like one track mind total tunnel vision um and i think when you do and especially with something like that in that situation where you came across this person like everything else seems to go out the window like, yeah like all your baseline needs like at that time obviously like homework for now it's like anything like work yeah just like um it totally evaporates and you become so invested in this in this one thing and can't like it's like blinkers you can't look left or right and everyone's going what the fuck is wrong with her and you can't like it's and the highs are so high and the lows are so low and you're like it's just making you feel so good and confident about yourself and you're like luxuriating in that it's just so i mean as um 
talking to my I, my partner now about because there's all these jokes about queer relationships and like lesbians in particular like there's this like classic joke that's like what le- what do lesbians take on a first date and the punchline is a u-haul so it's like so they'll, they'll move in together after like immediately that's but it is like founded in truth like that's what that's that is very common like you will have these like queer relationships start and intensify mm. so fast and suddenly they're living together and they've got a cat and it's all um so much so fast and we were saying that like I th- like there's a part of it that because we are sort of a minority group mm. that has on occasion been sort of um like uh threatened um and like victimized in lots of ways mm. we i think there's this intensity of like oh this we've got to kind of sh- like shut down together and try and yeah. keep ourselves safe together and yeah. um this the sort of chosen family thing i think um means that we kind of just like lock stuff in um real quickly but also means that that when it doesn't work out it kind of goes down in flames really intensely yeah um so yeah i think it's um it's, oh, it's, I'm very susceptible to it. <laughs> yeah, it's happy. It, it sort of seems like a, like an all or nothing real response. Mm. Um, that there's no kind of real, real gray area because we're still, you know, I'm really happy to see like the, the, the changes that have been made and the, and the way that we are progressing with this stuff. But definitely like growing up, it was not, I went to an all girls boarding school, make it relatable. Oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Make it relatable. Um, like, that sounds like the worst possible experience of anybody oh, life. All girls boarding school. You have like, I should. It should be fucking illegal. Should, that's a crime. I think it's a crime. It's child abuse. Oh my God, the things that I saw. Imagine oh, you were educated in the Hunger Games. Like, it'd be kinder. I think. <laughs> It'd be kinder if they gave you a weapons and said the one who survives wins. Like, I, I said this. I was talking about this like two days ago. I don't know why I keep discussing it and people think it's fucking weird. I keep being like, if I was in the Hunger Games, <laughs> if I was in the Hunger Games, that's your boarding school. <laughs> that's your boarding school. I was like, I die first or I die last, but I'd only die last because I'd just been avoiding. Yeah, that thing. Um, <laughs> Avoidance tactics. It was it was absolute hell. It was hell. But like, and now obviously, I say obviously, but a lot of I, you know, a lot of guys, not so much anymore, but they definitely used to because they've watched a lot of porn. Would be like, um, would be like, did you guys? Did you just? Did you hook up all the time? And I was like, no, it's not prison. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to leave. It's so stupid. Did you guys hook up with her? And I was like, no. And also, if anyone had done that, that would have been like a label of hell that yeah. I would not like. Social suicide. Fucking hell. It would have been terrible. I went to a mixed school, uh, like um, state school. Mm. And the moment there were rumors about my sexuality, like I was like, made up like kind of like cast out of changing rooms and girls toilets and stuff like that like people being like oh like you know are you gonna watch me get changed like oh like I remember a girl who like was like friends with my friends so it's not like we were like Mm. not not mates at all but like saying like oh like um if you're a lesbian does that mean you fancy me being like no because that's just not like how attract like it's not like i am I'm blanket attracted to every single woman in the world that's th- that's like such an arrogant thing to say that you're like oh well if you fancy women then you're definitely into this like yeah and i it was just so frustrating i was like yeah. this um the the moment and I knew it was, that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to say anything. I knew that that would happen straight away because it's this thing of like suddenly you're like a predator yeah. amongst people. And I was like, I'm not looking at any of you fucking dickheads, you fucking bitches. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a PE kit. Like you don't look good. And your weird <laughs> shorts and your polo 
I don't I don't like you because you're playing goal attack and netball guys like it's yeah it's cringe your feet smell <laughs> like yeah I mean I really cannot, cannot begin to fathom how emotionally draining and like I was a lunatic <laughs> it just sends you mad you just I was just constantly in a state of like such high emotion and like but those um those like moments and I often discuss this so when I when I went to rehab again make it relatable um <laughs> like uh, all girls rehab <laughs> it actually was was it <laughs> I mean, not intentionally. It's just when I went, it was all women. <laughs> You're getting so trauma was, flashbacks uh, yeah. from boarding school. Oh, and I'm right back where I was. <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> um, but they were, they said to me, because I was, I went to rehab coming out of this like terrible breakup, which sent me into yeah. a nice breakdown. And they said to me that withdrawal from a person is harder than withdrawal from drugs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but like, because it's so emotional. And the and thing is, with these highs and these lows, and the highs, because they're so extreme, these extreme, extreme dips, that the highs, you get a literal dopamine hit, and it's addictive. Yeah. So that's why people stay in these, um, you know, narcissistic, abusive relationships and emotionally abusive relationships, because the highs are so good. And you're like, I, I, oh, I know what you can be like. I, I know that this can be good. I know that if yeah, I just, when it's I good, it's so good. Yeah, and, and then, it's even better for for the worst moments because you're like, yeah, because oh, you know this is such a contrast to how I've just been feeling. Yeah, 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 and it's it like, like brings you back up. Mm. Oh my god, for fuck's sake, Michael! It's my cat. <laughs> Guys, He's Michael great. has joined the chat. <laughs> I love Michael. <laughs> That's a hilarious name for a cat as well. He's called he's called Mickey, but I have a whole Instagram series that's called For Fuck's Sake Michael because he just he's just a stupid shit. <laughs> um so how long did this did this go over? Like what was the sort of time periods? A couple of years. Yeah. It was, it was on and off for two years, I'd say. Um and like we were we you know, we'd have like sort of a f- weird kind of friendship dating kind of like because we the social circle was so small that Mm. we like continued to like hang out so like there'd be times when like she'd break up with me and then we'd all be in a fucking tgi fridays the next day like like it was it was so unhealthy yeah um but yeah it was it went on for a couple of years Um, was it was it like only sort of stepping away from that environment that that managed to sort of like bring a close to it or was it something else it will it will shock you to hear that that's what brought it to a close was that i met another quip <laughs> i was like there's two <laughs> there's at least two <laughs> oh because i'm really fucking vapid um but that was like I I I met somebody else after this two years of and and um and it was such a revelation. I mean that was a shit show as well. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I was like and oh, we're happily together now. That was also a shit show. But for I think because weirdly I had this um real like arrogant sort of learned thing of like then in relationships thinking like listen even if somebody breaks up with me they'll probably be back in a couple of months like this this very sort of like arrogant like um like even even the the girl that left me multiple times couldn't really leave like (laughs) what a narcissistic way to look at it um but it was such yeah it was such a revelation to just like one meet somebody else who was gay and, yeah. and to be like oh like this person is not the only person in the world who is attracted yeah. to me yeah it was yeah. like oh man like such a relief because I honestly it's just just like weird like feeling slightly um like so attached to somebody yeah uh, and like so um reliant yeah and, then, and it's and it's your first experience of it Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And I have, like, with these early, early things, when you haven't, um, when you haven't really got a template for what it's supposed to be, um, and like my first, and it's something I've spoken about before in the podcast, but my first, um, like serious relationship, so serious, what serious, it was very serious, was like, uh, was started when I was 17. And it was with this man who was incredibly abusive, mm. like incredibly. And when um, you say man, was he older than you? He was like a couple of years older than me. Oh, okay. Boy, it's child. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he, and I was so, because I didn't know what a relationship looked like. I didn't know how to operate. And so when he was abusive, I was like, this is just must, this must be what it's like. Um, yeah. I guess this is love. And then similarly, it's only when you like meet someone else and you go, Oh, hang on. There's, yeah. there's something else out here. There's, it's not just this. It's not just this one person that can mm-hmm. love me and I can love on it. This is my lot. And I guess I'll just have to put up with it. No, there, there's sort of like other avenues, other avenues out there. It's um, so mad that we aren't like taught like us the sort of basic structure of what a healthy relationship looks like, or yeah. like, like you go to school and learn so much fucking bullshit. Yeah. And you leave not know, like I left school not knowing how to do a tax return or put a CV <laughs> together. I'm like, but if somebody would sat like in those general studies classes, if someone sat down and gone, Hey, we're just going to talk about like healthy adult romantic relationships today. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk about like how you should be speaking to each other and what is like, what, like how is not like okay to be treated in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a useful thing to teach kids in school. Yeah, but they're it would be, like, it's amazing. I'm like, like I, I, I can still remember such useless stuff from school I've never ever used in my life. <laughs> and yet nobody taught me anything that actually could have like helped me at points. Like, I don't know why we're not t- taught about like, <laughs> like how, to, how to identify abuse in relationships. Yeah. It's, it blows, it blows my mind. It completely yeah. blows my mind. The fact that we're not taught about any of this stuff. Like, and also the fact, I don't know if they're still doing it, but putting a condom on a banana Trust me, like not at one point. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Like, what a waste of a banana. <laughs> this is so stupid. And take that cucumber home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly happy lesbian over here who just eat that cucumber. <laughs> I can make my girlfriend a salad. What are you talking about? <laughs> Useless. You're absolutely right. We have no idea. And then we're shoved out into the wild to kind of figure it out for ourselves. And it's fucking horrendous. It's like actual ridiculousness is the fact that I once in this world was putting a condom on a banana in a classroom. (laughs) It's so stupid. And I did it. I took it so seriously. I was like, I just, you know, in my head thinking, like, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm never going to be doing this. But like, (laughs) it's probably good for me to know at some stage. Like, <laughs> I, I just have, have to find myself in Amsterdam at some point. Yeah, but if 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 I do find a sort of unruly banana <laughs> that needs a condom popping on, or if I meet a couple and they don't know how to do it, and I'm like, well, perhaps I can help. Like, <laughs> I was actually taught this at school. Don't worry, guys. And I remember it. I remember how to do it. I don't. <laughs> I remember it. I remember what they told us. Maybe it's because it's the last time I did it. Because <laughs> it's like you, you pinch the air out the top and then roll it and roll down. Which is not oh, did we need a whole lesson on that? I just I just don't know why we as women were being taught to do it because trust me, if a man comes at you with that thing and doesn't want to put a condom on, there's no way you're gonna yeah, be if able he, to pinch If he the can't do it himself, it then you shouldn't be having sex with him. <laughs> That's a red flag. If he's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You're like, what? What is going? On? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, I wanted to ask as well about so the fallout from from this and this sort of like horrible, horrible time period of your life. What? Um, if you don't mind me asking, what age um did you come out to your parents? Finally, 
so I then I told my mum when I was like 18. Great. Okay. Uh, and she was fine. She was absolutely fine. And she told my dad because that's how we communicate. Very close to my dad. Love him very much. But yeah. the idea of having that conversation with him. <laughs> um, and it was a complete sort of non-event, really. Like a couple yeah. of awkward, like, um, like, like slip-up comments and stuff. Whereas, like, oh, that's a strange thing to say. But like, mm. like my mom. I think I've said this to her since, and she's like. I, she's like, I don't think I, I don't think I would have said that, but um, there was something where like Bruno Mars was like playing on the radio, and I think I said something like, oh, you know, Bruno Mars is a beautiful man, and my mom just sort of absentmindedly said, uh, oh, well, if you think Bruno Mars is beautiful, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> And she now is like, no, I don't think I would have said that. And I was like, oh I don't think I would have made it up. <laughs> That's, That's a very specific situation yeah. involving you, me, and Bruno Mars. My brain can go to some negative places, but I don't think it's fantasized a moment in which <laughs> my mother said, there's nothing wrong with you if you think Bruno Mars is beautiful. Um um, but they are very loving. They're very loving and they're not, they were completely fine with everything. Not that it sounds stupid to say it like that. Like, oh gosh, they were, they were fine. They, they deigned to be fine. But like, yeah. I know that other people are not as lucky as I, I am. Um, well, I think the, the Gen, the Gen Zers seem to be sort of doing a pretty good job of mm. being great. I'm very yeah. jealous of them and their. But like, it's just the, it's, it's one of the few positives of social media, I suppose, is that like, if I'd had the access to see Mm. other communities, Mm -hmm. like my, what I, my lens into like queer lifestyle was like Mm. watching like Sugar Rush. Do you remember that show? Barking Hell. We used to get to watch that on like a Thursday night along with Skins and it was fucking exciting. Yeah, Skins and Sugar Rush. Skins, there's a Skins storyline with, with two girls who were dating like one of the series. I auditioned for one of them. I auditioned. I remember Did running. I, I ran away from school. This is a true story. Everybody. I ran away from school from my prison. <laughs> <laughs> I broke out, got all the way to London and went to an open call to Skins. Do you want to know something? Go on. Me too. <laughs> We got a mega bus. Took the day off school. Three, like it's like I'd say, like a three-minute audition. They yeah. know the moment you've walked in the room that you're you're you've not got it. Like I got a fucking recall. I got a recall did for you? it. Yeah. Oh, I did not. But like, what was I thinking? The state of me when I was fifteen years old. Like I was like, I'm gonna be a movie star. And I look at pictures, and I've got like braces out of like. like <laughs> It's poking out longer than my nose. I don't know what I really thought was going to happen. That's <laughs> exciting about the recall, though. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I don't know why. I mean, I came in, I had like head out of my mates and like spoke a little bit like this. So I don't know what fucking avenue they were. <laughs> they were some cousin was making a wild choice. There, yeah, but, you know, um, it's. <laughs> I lived off that for quite a long time. It might have, it might have done the same open casting, it might have been the same series. Probably did. Um, it, we always just, I just remember queuing in a car park for hours. Yeah. yeah. We're probably there together. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, man. But anyone who is sort of, because I guess, like I said, with, with hindsight and with age and with wisdom and experience, you can kind of, look back at yourself and even it doesn't just apply to your like adolescence it applies to things i did last week i go christ i have the knowledge now i wish i hadn't done that that was a pretty wild thing to do Mm. but with um i guess yeah with with the knowledge and awareness and experience that you have now if anyone if anyone listening is in a similar situation to what you were in how what advice would you give them do you think and in a way to handle it i suppose like if anybody's sort of in a kind of um like a sort of closeted situation and is like feeling like they're sort of alone in their sexuality or their identity. Mm. Then I think like the, the, the best, I think if anybody, if I just had somebody be able to reach out to me and say like, you know, there's like so many other, like uh, there will be a point in your life where you will meet people Mm. who are the same as you. Mm. And not just in a romantic way, but in a friendship way. Like, mm. there's so many people out there in the world, and like the 
community that you're in is so much bigger than you could possibly even imagine. Yeah. Um, that I don't know. I think like if, and if somebody just said to me, like, I mean, I don't know if I'd have believed it, but if somebody was like, you will, you will date, like yeah. there are, there are queer women all over the world mm. and you will meet them. Like that's going to be fine. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's so hard because I think when you're a teenager as well, you you don't like, you don't want to hear the advice of adults and stuff like that. Cause Christ, I remember. No, 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 no. And yeah. it's like I was saying about this tunnel vision thing when you've got blinkers on, like people can say anything they want until like, they're blue in the face, but you like, you will not hear it if you're stuck in this like emotional yeah. dip dive of um, ecstasy and despair. Yeah. And m- having made the decision this like beeline for this person and just going all in on that. People can go, don't worry, don't worry, you'll date again. You'll be like, fuck off. You have no idea. Yeah. No idea. It's very hard to believe it when you're in the midst of it. And I had a similar situation when I was at university, Mm. um, a very intense relationship at university that I should have left way before I did. Mm. And I remember having real shit show of a situation like over the Christmas holidays and I was at home and she was at at her parents house and we were having some kind of major issue and my mom being like can you just like maybe just put your phone away and stop replying and like that feeling of like just physically not being able to like it's like I don't like picking a scab or something like that we are like if I just if I can just do a bit more maybe it can like fix maybe I can fix it maybe I can make it better but you're just making it worse and worse and worse and there's so much power in like doing nothing yeah there's so much dignity in just doing nothing in like ending the call putting your phone down not texting back Mm. and like the, the, when I eventually sort of came to do it with that relationship, when I eventually kind of something, some switch just flicked in my head and I was like, I don't actually want to speak to this person anymore. And I put like a blocker on my phone, like put, kind of blocked numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's so much more power in that yeah. than anything else. It's the most Crazy. powerful thing you can do. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely. just like, it's just like step, like just like stepping away and looking like you're, moving on with your life even if you're not even if you're like breaking down every single day like i can't remember what it was it was something i was i don't know if it was watching it on tv or something mm. oh i've been watching the l word the new series <laughs> of the l word <laughs> that's the most that's the most stereotypical thing i could have ever done <laughs> but there's this character that was like um just constantly like messaging an ex or whatever and I was like oh it's just it's just like such a such so easily done to get in that mindset of like I just need to keep getting in touch over and over again um keep that avenue open like um there's it took it took me 10 months I think to finally block this person Mm. and it took and people were going fucking block block him block him block him and yeah. I, like, I can't I, I can't I physically can't do it there are so many reasons I so need to know I need to see yeah I need to see I need to have some kind of control over this I can't I can't I, I can't what if he what if I block him and then he tries to call me tomorrow like and I will I'll never know and I can categorically say having been that person very much going I cannot mm. block you to then go you're blocked. That's yeah. similar like Sarah is saying, that power, that like dignity, that stepping away and that like relinquishing of control of the situation mm. that is uncontrollable is amazing. Yeah. Even amazing. if they're furious with you, even if they're texting you over and over again, calling you over and over again, like yeah. saying like, why aren't you replying? You need to reply. Mm. There's, it doesn't make, you don't have to. No, you don't there's, have to. There's so much power in silence. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I'd known that as a teenager, oh, I think I'd have had a happier time. Yeah. Like if I'd been able to feel it as a teenager. Yeah. I think, I think you're so right though with this, like with, with the community and the, and the, and the good size of social media about being able to literally type a few words into a search bar and be, yeah. able, and be able to see people who are like you here in the power of podcasts, being able to hear people who have had similar stories to be able to gather strength from that and know that you are not alone in this world of seven or billion people and yeah. you'll find people out there who are good for you and 
<laughs> the chances of you being stuck with your soulmate in the school of however many people in, in year 10 yeah <laughs> are very very slim they're not your soulmate i'm so sorry just have fun just have a nice time with them learn something and move on that's my advice and like just just have it like is being relaxed about these things is way more fun yeah i wasted so much time in my teens and early 20s just like it's like moping over mm. relationship drama yeah. when i should have just been like enjoying myself and it's so easy to say when you're not feeling like that it's so easy i acknowledge that this is just from a place of pure smugness but like (laughs) but like it's if if this like reaches like one person who's like okay i'm just gonna try shutting everything down and not responding Mm -hmm. on for this like one occasion then uh like also, nobody's going anywhere, especially if you're in school. Nobody's going anywhere. No, no one's going anywhere. You, you know where they are. You have, you do actually have a bit of control over. You, li- you have to see them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> They're not fucking relocating. They're not yeah. being sent to China on a business trip for the next three months. They're like you, you have, you have to see them. You will. Yeah, see them. you'll be in fucking. GCSE drama And they'll probably be way more interested in you if you've not texted them back all evening. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking hell. Like, it's, um, I think you're right. And it is really good to acknowledge that when you're speaking from a place of not being directly within it, it is very, Mm. it's very easy to say and it's very difficult to hear. Um, But genuinely putting your phone down and stepping away is that is just the best things that ever happened to me when I was a teenager was when I ran out of phone credit (laughs) and I just couldn't just like physically couldn't send a message anymore um so at this point and we and we have sort of discussed it a bit but um I'm always really interested in when when we are within these really awful situations that are so painful and draining and crazy and shaming and bonkers like we you feel like there is no good to come out of it there can be no good but then on the other side and with a little bit of space and time you look back and go thank god that thing happened thank god because it's led me to this place Hmm. um like is there anything that you okay i'm really thankful i had that experience because um honestly i i think i could have done with getting out of it a bit quicker (laughs) Um, no, I, I suppose the flip side of it is that like, I, I did have a queer relationship mm. that was probably not that dissimilar to heterosexual relationships in my teenage years where like, um, we were really young and we were stupid and we'd go to Nando's and the cinema and bowling. And like, I got to have a, like a teen romance yeah and a lot of queer people don't have that a lot of people just don't meet people and or they they maybe have something that's not very nice and mine was not nice in lots of different ways but it could have been way worse and and I think I'd rather have I'd rather have had it than not had it yeah I suppose yeah yeah I totally agree um it's which and it often feels so strange to say, um, I'm going <laughs> like that this, this experience was pretty horrendous. It was horrible. But mm. actually I felt something pretty genuine and I experienced a lot and I'm grateful yeah. for that experience. Um, the relationship I had at uni never should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, if I could go back and take all of that out, would fully do it. If you're at uni in a miserable relationship right now, if you are studying at university and you're in a miserable relationship, fucking end it. End it. Get through all the shit. Get through the awkward breakup shit and just get... Because like you are going to look back at your uni years and go, oh, I would have just like relaxed and had a good time if I'd not been faffing around with that idiot for three years. (laughs) So, oh, no. That one, I I learned nothing 
apart from the power of hindsight, which is that sometimes you just need to <laughs> shut things up. Get the fuck out of Dodge. When things yeah. feel wrong, they usually are. That's yeah. It. We are pretty intuitive people. If something is not sitting right with you, just take a little pause if and have a look. Everybody's crying. It's not going well. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so at this point, uh, this is my favorite question to ask and it often receives a very different reaction depending on who the person is but um what are the things about you as a person you yourself that you really value and cherish and you know really love about yourself and are grateful for oh oh god yeah i I didn't prepare (laughs) (laughs) i didn't prepare for this at all um so I, i mean i think um not feeling like a particularly attractive child and being bullied a lot made me an amusing person, I hope. Um, so I think I got a good sense of humor. Um, I think, I hope, <laughs> given the career choice. Um, and I think that I am quite uh, being, I'm a good, I'm a sensitive person. So I think mm-hmm. I'll be quite empathetic, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh very care- caring yeah caring um and um and i'd like to think i'm a good friend so i'm not very good at texting back that's the ir- ironic thing about this whole situation is that <laughs> like now you have to like force me to pick up my phone <laughs> and be if like someone calls me if so- I, I genuinely freak out if someone calls me I yeah like, yeah i i absolutely i would literally i would rather throw my phone against the wall I don't know how I had the energy to write like essays to my friends. And it's not, it was, wasn't, it was on those text pads that were like, you have to press them three, yeah. three times to get the right. What was I doing? Whereas now I'm like, dexterity, ignoring everyone all the time. You know what, though, um, like, what, what you say about yourself in terms of empathy and, and like caring and things. It's often the people and in my experience, it's often the people who have, who have been in these kind of nasty relationships, mm. a la the one you had at university or things like that. We do create great empathy for other people. And yeah. there's like, and there's a lot of like, uh, there's sort of zero judgment which I think is such a nice quality. If someone is, you know, doing something a bit shitty, you can go, oh, I see your situation. I see your pain rather than, yeah, that's fucking mental. Yeah. I mean, I I do a bit of that as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can be quite, I'm like, sometimes I can be a bit black and white about situations and I can kind of, uh, I'll be like, uh, I think that's kind of morally wrong. And, and, and I will, and I don't really, I find it hard. Like my girlfriend will be like, well, I think we can like maybe like sort of devil's advocate look at both sides of this. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> no, blind white shit. Go on. Yeah. I mean, there are certain hot button issues that I'm definitely like that about. For sure. I won't go into now. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point as well, uh, we're starting a new segment that's called Thank You Letters. Um, if there is anyone or anything or any place, people place things that you are particularly grateful for that you just want to say thank you for and express some gratitude for um always my family love that always my family so my my mom my dad and my brother mm. and uh, i used to live next when i growing up i was living next door to my cousins and my aunt and uncle so um i'm very lucky i have a very big family mm. um and that's it can't be sort of underestimated how nice it is to feel sort of part of a thing that um that is so um like consistently loving yeah um so yeah i suppose the the key words in general um that's that's always that's been a sort of blessing that i um i don't know if i fully always appreciate but it's just it's so so great i've got such good family members mm. like all of the all of them are so good i just want to segue a little bit because you're talking about your brother is he older or younger than you he's older than me two years older was um was he in any way supportive or aware of the situation when it was going on um so weirdly when we were at school my brother and i did not kind of um get on or sort of acknowledge each other's uh, existence <laughs> uh, we're really we're close now and we get on now but he had no idea right um so um or he sort of didn't 
seemed to have any idea. I don't think he did. I don't think he was paying attention. Um, But like, I think now he kind of looks back on it and is like, oh, I sort of wish that I had the teenage wherewithal to um, support you through that. But he was, he was a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking hindsight, isn't it? That that powerful power of 2020 hindsight. She's right. But like your siblings are not interested in your sex life. We just do not want to know about it. No. I'm Jamie, my brother, Jamie Lang, whoever might know. Who? Never heard of him. Um, he uh, the only time he ever mentioned my sex life as a teenager. <laughs> he he had a knee operation and came out the other side of it and was like, oh, "Fuck, don't <laughs> no whatever." And my mom was there in the recovery room, and he was sort of he must have been seventeen, so I was like fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and um, and he yeah, he was hocked up on all the stuff and just going, "Yes, and I love my family," and then turned to my mom and grabbed her arm and went. Tell me, Emmy's a virgin. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's intense. <laughs> and was like, when he's like, don't let her have sex with anybody, men are evil. Yeah. <laughs> and having watched him on Made in Chelsea, like he probably had first ex- an experience knowing that men were evil. <laughs> The, reden- yeah. the redemption arc of Jamie Lang has been one of the, the best PR pieces of, of you know the, the last decade. Been like, like one of the biggest comebacks of all time. I do. <laughs> Honestly. He was like the, the, the biggest fuckboy in the country. <laughs> now he's like a, like a national, fucking national treasure. treasure, a little nation sweetheart. And everyone, I was like, I remember watching him on Channel 4. Getting slapped every week, <laughs> having drinks thrown in his face. Like, oh, Jamie Lay, he can do no wrong. He's just a little, yeah, puppy, puppy. He's a little puppy. He's a little puppy boy. I'm like, no. It's like Bill Clinton. <laughs> he is. Um, all right. So, is there anything upcoming that you can discuss with all these wonderful listeners? Um, I have a podcast, like everybody. Um, it's called Thank Fuck for That. Uh, I host it with my friend and comedian pal um mickey overman um and it's about like uh moments that changed your life or could have changed your life so we do like a near miss uh, and we have a guest on and they do like a near miss experience and then we have a sliding doors moment and we oh wow um, and we talk about yeah these life-changing events um and it's it's good fun we've got 25 episodes so far um, yeah yeah but yeah please um uh, please go give that a listen um thank you thank you thank you so much for no thank today. you this has just been absolutely glorious i think that you are just one of the best comedians out there at the moment thank I you just, really i saw something on your instagram the day and i honestly i like laughed it's difficult to laugh on your own in a flat and i did that for a solid five minutes when i saw you talking to a man who was a butterfly therapist oh my god yeah <laughs> That was such a weird, that was like my last gig before Christmas and I genuinely thought I was like having a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good old Linus. Buy on the upside down. Fuck it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this, I, I just really think that you are absolutely brilliant and I cannot thank you enough for being here today. Thank you for having me. Such an inspirational voice and being just a wonderful, wonderful person in general. Please go check Sarah out. Um, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks so much. No, thank you. Really nice to speak to you. Join me next week with my guest, founder of Bambi Collective and influencer Amber Driscoll. If you or anyone you know is struggling or needs help with the issues discussed on Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends, please visit the podcast bio where you will find contact numbers with people readily available to give support. Please get in touch with your stories at either contact at whydoyouthink.com or on Instagram at emily underscore laying underscore UK. To have your story or thank you letter read on the podcast, please put survivor story or thank you letter either at the top or in the subject line. And we really, really want to hear from you. We don't care if it's a catastrophe story or a small win from your week, your favorite place, person or thing. We are here for all of it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 